What's up? It's your girl Brie. Welcome back to the Be Bold as Fuck podcast. This is episode two called My Self Journey, and it's actually part one of a three-part episode. I have a lot that I've been through and that I am currently going through and that, you know, I want to get to, and I really just wanted to break down who, what, why, when, how I got here and why this podcast exists and where we're going next with it. So stick around. This is part one called My Journey and it's starting off from when I was a wee little girl. (laughs) Okay, I wasn't that young, but I would say it started around like middle school, high school. So we'll talk about that. Let's jump right in. All right. So obviously I know that there's people that know me that have known me for a really long time. Um, but there's obviously a lot more people that don't know me. And to be honest, I haven't known myself for a really long time either. Like my true authentic, who I am boldly, beautifully, expeditiously. Right. So I figured why not take you on my path? take you on my journey, really just share my vulnerability of what I've been through and why I am the way that I am and why I act the way that I act and all of those things of like the transition to get to where I am today. Um, That's why this is like a three-part series because there's a lot. But in this process, I just really wanted to, I just want to be really real and You know, there is some stuff that could be triggering for people. You know, I am talking about SA. I am talking about other things along those lines. Also a little bit of self-harm because those are things that are pertinent to my journey and how I got here. So if that's a little bit too much, I will definitely try to, um, I will put like the minute notes in there so that you can fast forward to it. But I'm not really going to go too graphic because to be honest, it's, it's triggering for me too. So I I just don't necessarily, I just don't want anybody to be alarmed. But, you know, I want to jump right in and talk about, you know, where I started and how I ended up here. So for, (laughs) I guess the best way to say is like school time, probably around like seventh or eighth grade. Um, That's when everything kind of really started like clicking in. I was just this, you know, Christian girl, Nazarene specifically, if you know, you know. Um, and I, I really was just, I don't want to say I was oblivious, but I really was oblivious to a lot of things that were going on in life and in the world. And I was developed as a, uh, seventh and eighth grader. I had double D's in the seventh grade. So it was really hard for me cause like there was, I went to public school. So there was like a lot of kids and stuff that were like cussing, swearing and, you know, doing drugs and having sex. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I I really don't know. And I just remember being like super over-sexualized by like a lot of people in my life at the time or like the boys at school. Cause I mean, let's be honest, like what middle schooler has double D's? (laughs) Um, I mean, back in the day, like early 2000s. So it was just like really, really difficult. Um, which I'm sure there's probably people that are like, girl, what the fuck? Like it was because at that time there was, there was boys that were like assaulting me, like in the hallway, in class, lifting up my shirt, popping my bra, touching me inappropriately. Like it was just really, really hard. Cause that was something I was never, I was never used to that. I was never experiencing stuff like that. And, you know, like everybody in middle school, you're pretending you want to fit in, you want to like be the girl's girl or, you know, the, the jock or the popular one or the pretty one or whatever. And I just never really had that. I feel like I was just looked at as like this, like good little girl. And I was, you know, I always did my schoolwork and like teachers liked me and I would do like acting and stuff because that was like one of my passions and I was singing in the choir and it was just really like, I don't know, it was just really different to experience life in that way because everything up until that point, it was all like sunshine and rainbows in like elementary school, right? Like it wasn't like a, like I had to like go through anything major. And if I did, I don't really remember. (laughs) Maybe that's trauma. I'm not sure. But at that time, it was just like, it was such like a big hit for me. 
And I mean, what are you supposed to do in middle school when you have like this huge culture shock and all you want to do is just try to fit in. And that's, that's immediately what I started doing. You know how people have like fight or flight or freeze. I, I would say mine was like chameleon, like go chameleon, start acting like these people, start being like these people because you don't want to stick out. You don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. You don't want to be that person that's like the narc or that girl or whatever, which I ended up being that because I did report my assaults. But I wasn't the only girl that was getting assaulted. So it wasn't like I was like the main one, but there was just a lot of stuff happening at that time. And because of that, I was, I was harming myself. I was using like the compass that you would get in math class it was metal and I would use that to like hurt myself and or like scissors or knives or things like that because that was like the only pain that I could control like everything else was happening to me that's what it felt like and if if I couldn't control what these people were saying or what they were doing or how they were treating me then maybe I could control my own pain and that's really where it like came from was like okay I want to like control my pain because every other pain that I had, it was really hard. And I'm sure that there's a lot of you that can agree or feel me or associate with me in some way, shape or form when it's about really just when you're when you're at that point, because people are like, why would you ever do that to yourself? But it's like when you're really at that point, it feels like there's no other option. It feels like that's the only option that's going to work for you. And that's the only option that's going to like keep you sane. And, you know, at the time I had a really good friend um, who ended up telling the counselor and, you know, I had to tell my parents, obviously. And I'm not going to lie, that wasn't a great experience either. You know, they couldn't really understand that. And it was just it was really hard because it was just like more pain being inflicted. But I ended up going to therapy and. I started like seeing more results and started like feeling better, but there was still that part of me that like had to be like everybody else because I was so sick and tired of like sticking out. And at the time, like there's a lot more mixed people in the world, but in the early 2000s, there really wasn't that many. And if there was, it was very much like you, you were either, well for me, cause I'm half black and I'm half white. You were either with the black kids or you were with the white kids. There was no like in between. I was either too black or too white or too whatever. And it was just like, I didn't know where to fit in. And I mean, I grew up in the white suburbs of Michigan. So like, eh, you could say I was leaning more towards one group than the other, but it wasn't because I didn't want to. It was just because it was very obvious and prevalent that I didn't fit into the one group. And you know, it's okay. It's different now. Life is different now. But like at that time, it was just so hard because I felt like I had to fit inside of whatever box that was out there. And trying to fit into a box when like you physically and mentally and emotionally don't want to be inside that box really, really sucks. It does. And honestly, like I'm sure everyone has a story about how they were like trying to fit in in middle school in some way, shape or form, especially in the early 2000s. Um, Cause I went to middle school in like 2006 to like 2008. And it was just, it was hard. It was really, really hard. But you know, in that, in that process, in that, in that timeline, I started realizing a lot of different things of like, okay, like you're going to go to high school, you're going to start seeing new people, it's going to be other middle schools, like together, like you're going to find your crowd, you're going to find your people. Like I really was trying to stay as hopeful as possible. Because at that time, it's like, I already been through so much. And I was already in therapy. And I was already, you know, dealing with traumas and dealing with assaults and dealing with all these things that like, I really didn't know what to expect when I got to high school. And, you know, every, everyone hears that like, oh, when you're young, you're dumb and all of that. But it really like, I felt so, so dumb and I felt so lost and I just felt so, I think abandoned is probably the right word if I'm being honest, because 
that was like I was abandoned and in the sense of like I had no idea who I was and I had no idea who I wanted to be I just wanted to fit in so I was just doing anything that I could to get there but in that process you know fast forward now I'm in high school and I'm like joining groups and I'm in drama club and I'm in choir club and I have choir class and I wanted to audition for the play and I was on the swim team like I was doing a lot of stuff and I was meeting so many more people and I was having so much more fun but there was a part of me that felt really shameful um, for like how I looked because you know growing up I was told like it's my fault if I'm showing too much cleavage or if I'm showing too much leg or if I'm showing too much whatever because you know you're putting your brothers in Christ at risk for you know looking at you within vain or sexual or whatever and the fact of the matter was <laughs> I was 14 with double d's like what 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 did you want me to do so there was a lot of times where I just felt like I was just so like overly sexualized that I started like sitting into that I started trying to like really you know over sexualize myself when I was at school because you know the girls that were like showing boobs or showing leg or showing whatever was getting more attention and I wanted attention like and that and that's just like truth that's just my truth I wanted attention but I wanted attention in the sense of like I wanted somebody to like see me and love me but I didn't know how to get that attention in a way other than like being sexualized and you know in that process I was I was really young like when I went to high school I was 14 because um, my birthday's in October so like you know I graduated when I was 17 and like other people that graduate when they're like 18 and stuff but I was 14 when a 20 something year old man raped me and I didn't say anything and I didn't do anything and it took months before some of my friends figured out what happened and you know, they were trying to like help me and trying to like tell my parents and you know, that was like a whole mess as well. And I'm not going to say that like, it's all my parents fault or it's all someone else's fault. It's because it's not, it's not just one person's fault more than the other. I mean, except for the guys, right? Like that's his fault. I was 14. He was 20 something years old. You knew better. But at the end of the day, it was like, I was just so sad and I was so depressed and I really hated being somebody that I wasn't and trying so hard to become this person that I felt like everyone wanted me to be. You know, I, I was supposed to be this good Christian girl and I was supposed to be this girl that was, you know, nice and funny and had everything together and was working hard at school and was getting a 4.0 and you know, all of these things like I, I felt like I had to be this like Barbie on a pedestal but <laughs> and I, I keep hearing like that Beyonce song where she's like talking about like pretty hearts where she's like pretty hearts and that's like what I'm thinking in my head is because that's how I felt at that time it it hurt. It hurt to be this person that I really wasn't. Like I sucked at math. I sucked at chemistry. I had a hard time in geometry. I'm dyslexic, damn it. Like it's hard. It was hard. And like some of the classes that I really enjoyed, I I enjoyed because it was stuff that I liked like drama or English. But then there was other stuff where it was so hard to be like the the all-star the the one that was like doing everything right and being and becoming this person I, I wasn't that person but it was expected of me there was never there was never a time where I felt comfortable enough to come home with like a C and honestly I would feel bad if I came home with a B the only time I could get away with that kind of stuff was for like math and stuff because my parents just ended up realizing I just really, really struggled in math. But I was like trying to get tutors and I was trying to do all of these things, but it was just so hard. And then, you know, on top of everything else that I've been through at that point, because mind you, this is freshman year. I just, I just was like, fuck it. Like there was a point in time where I was like, fuck it. 
I need to learn how to not be this one person all the time. So I started like splitting. So I'd be that good Christian girl on Sundays and Sunday nights and Wednesdays when I was with the youth group and I never swear and I never did this and I never did that. And I just really became that person that everybody else wanted me to be in that bubble and circle. And then when it came to school, I was a completely different person. I was super hypersexual. I was talking about like whips and chains and I was swearing and I was wanting to like hang out with people and I was I was just doing the complete opposite like it literally felt like there was two parts of me that were like fully different people and I had you know I had like boyfriends and stuff well maybe little flings I would say more than anything but it just felt like there was never there was never a time where somebody actually saw me for me and truth be told, it was because I was hiding myself from these people. Even some of my friends, like I'm still friends with some of these people that I met in high school and middle school. And you know, I'm talking like 15, <laughs> yikes, 15 years later. And it's crazy to like see how much growth that we have, like individually and collectively, but also like within this process of just growing up and realizing who we truly are. And you know, maybe they saw more of me than what I saw, but it was really hard to like, try to become this person that I wanted to be, because all I could see was what everybody else wanted me to be. Like I couldn't actually conceptualize the person that I wanted to be or who I wanted to be boldly and it was hard. But you know, I feel like a lot of people had that in high school and middle school of like identity crisis and trying to figure out life and you know, their friends and everything else, but it was different. And I know I'm sure there's like Gen Zers and <laughs> Gen Alphas and whoever else that's listening to this, maybe even older, maybe Gen X, but it's hard. It was hard in the early 2000s because I went to high school from 2009 to 2012. I graduated in 2012. And I didn't, they didn't even have Snapchat and Instagram until my senior year. I was using Twitter on, I was sending out tweets on a flip phone, but you know what? But you know what? It doesn't matter. Um, cause there was like, there was just so much else that was happening in the world. And at that time that it really just, it was just really hard to find yourself and become this like identity of like, okay, this is who I am. And I know this is who I am. And this is like, I'm going to live boldly, right? I don't think a lot of people were at that point in life, especially in high school, but especially in the early 2000s, like we're talking like at that time, I thought I was a, a big fat whale. Okay. I was on Weight Watchers. I was on South Beach. I was on Atkins. I was on low carb, low cal. Like I did all of that. I mean, I started most of that when I was like 11, 10, 12 and going all the way through high school. But mind you, I've been a swimmer since middle school. Like I was swimming at a competition level for eight years. So it's like <laughs> I was the healthiest I've ever been. But I would look in the mirror and be like, oh, my God, look at that big, fat, chubby whale. And I'm sure that there's even women today that like look in the mirror and they're like, oh my God, I'm this like ginormous thing. But this is not the early 2000s anymore, right? We don't have to look like Paris Hilton. We don't have to look like Lindsay Lohan, all the girls with the flat stomachs, no ass and no titties. Now it's like the complete opposite, right? Like you gotta have ass, you gotta have titties, you gotta have your lips done, you gotta have this. But like it's all trends and it's all, it all fades because truthfully and honestly, like we are, we are meant to have the bodies that we have. And everyone always makes fun of me whenever I say it, but these bodies don't actually matter. Whatever you believe in or not, like these bodies stay here. They don't go with you anywhere, right? They stay here. That's why we can cremate them. That's why we can bury them. So like start loving yourself and start realizing like you don't have to be that person. You don't have to look in the mirror and be like, oh my God, I'm this ginormous monster. You can look in the mirror and be like, wow, I love myself. Man, I really wish I had somebody that could tell me that back when I was in high school. Cause I know when I look at those pictures, 
I think to myself like, geez, I can't believe I hated myself. I can't believe I thought I was, you know, so big and so fat and so ugly and I had like no self-esteem at all. And I feel like a part of that, all of that process as well is like, I was just such a huge people pleaser. I was like this chameleon that wanted to fit in with all these different people and all these different groups, but I wanted everyone to like me. And it wasn't like, oh, you know, I want boys to like me. I mean, of course, yes, I did. But it was more of like, I just want friends. I want people that I could like rely on and that I could talk to and that they would be there for me through like the good times, the bad times, like, and we could have fun. And I, I did find those people. I did have like a good core group of friends. But, you know, as any catty, you know, high schooler, there was always ups and downs. And I know I was the villain in some of their stories. And I'm not going to lie. I definitely was. I had no idea who the fuck I was. And all I was doing was just people pleasing. And all I was doing was trying to like become something for somebody else, not become the person that I was meant to be. And mind you, majority of my friends were like thin white women. None of them looked like me. So I also like had this like, thought process of like, you know, I couldn't have my curly hair and it needed to be straight and I wanted to be blonde and I wanted to be this. Like my mom is a blonde white woman. Like she, she fit a lot of like the boxes of like what the beauty standard was at the time. And I remember like looking at her, like doing her hair in the morning and I take her like 10 minutes to like blow dry her hair and then like straighten, put a little curl in it, walk out the door. It would take just an hour just to blow dry my hair. And then, you know, on top of that, what products are we using? How can I get it flatter? How can I get it straighter? I destroyed my curls. I mean, and I was swimming too, so that was like a whole thing. But it was just really, it was just really hard to try to navigate life. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking about all of this, a part of my journey as not just like a, oh, I had a heart in middle school and high school. Like, I know everyone had difficulties around that time. But I'm trying to explain and break down why and how it's gotten me to this point of my life. Because I can promise you this, if I told myself in high school that I was showing up online looking like this with my hair curly, no makeup, besides like some highlight and some brow, I would wear packed on foundation, hella lipstick, lip liner. And that was before the whole two, 2016 craze. Okay. Like it was bad. It was a lot of bare minerals and like powders and Mary Kay. But like, if I, if I could like go back in time and tell myself this and be like, you're married, you've been with the same guy for 11 years. He loves the fuck out of you, no matter what you look like. You have, you know, you're bigger than what you were before and people still love you and it doesn't matter. Like if I could go back and tell myself this, number one, she wouldn't believe it. But number two, I think it would change a lot of the trajectory of where I went and how I went about things. Because by the time I hit like senior year, my people pleasing, I wouldn't say it was like over, but it was like I fell into this like group this category. I was popular, but I I shouldn't say popular. I was known, like people knew who I was, but I wasn't like, you know, the top of the top or anything like that, which thank God. Um, but I was, I was in a lot of stuff. I was on the swim team. I was in drama club. I was in choir club. I was in the musical. I was dating a guy at the time that was on the football team. And then, you know, everything that goes along with that, going to the games and going to prom and going to this and everything was just like, I finally was like, oh my God, like it's happening. Like I'm having my movie moment. And then I went to the doctor for my normal physical and my doctor was like, your levels are messed up. Like I need you to go to endocrinologist. So I went to an endocrinologist. They did more levels, more testing. And basically this man walked in, looked at my hands, looked at my knuckles and was like, you have hair there. And then you have hair here and you have PCOS. I'm like, what the hell is PCOS? So then he hands me a pamphlet and he is like, you need to get on, you need to lose weight. You need to get on these medications to help with this, that, and the third, like for your hair, for your hair, uh, growing on your face, for the hair that you're losing on your head, for the skin issues that you're having for like acne and stuff. But the big one was the weight loss. 
and it was Adipex. And those of you that have taken it, y'all know where I'm going with it. I, you're only supposed to take it for three months at a time. You're supposed to be on it for three months where you take it daily because it's an appetite suppressant. And then you're supposed to be off of it for like three to six months. And then you go back on it if needed. Um, I hated how it made me have like this dry mouth and it was just like, I felt like I was like so jittery all the time. And this was like before I was drinking coffee and anything like that. But when I realized that this was like, I don't want to say a magic drug, but that's how it felt at the time. Like it felt like this was this magic kind of drug where I could take it and I not eat all day long. I could eat like an apple or like some fries at lunch, but I was losing weight like crazy. And that was like the one thing that I was super focused on. Like, oh my God, I have to lose weight because that was what my doctor said was going to help me and cure me, <laughs> which to all my ladies that have PCOS right now, weight loss, yes, it does help things, but it does not cure everything. There's a lot deeper shit that goes into like the whole PCOS and really healing yourself because you have to heal yourself from the inside out. It's not just the vanity that comes along with it. If you know, you know, but <laughs> so I'm, I'm 17. I'm taking like seven different pills. I'm barely eating and I'm just like ready to graduate and like go to college and do all of these things. But there was still a part of me that was just like so unhappy when I looked in the mirror, like I was losing all this weight and I was like feeling good and I was looking good. And I was like, I think I was like 160 at the time, which if you can imagine, it's like me <laughs> with like huge boobs, a flat stomach, and then like a little bit of hips or barely hips, but like thighs and a little bit of ass. If, if my editor can add in my pictures or they'll be on like my Instagram or my TikTok of like what I looked like at that time. And I'm not going to lie. I was like, damn, I look good as hell. But you could see like how much I hated my life, like through my eyes and through how I would pose and my smile. Like you could just tell, like I was, I was just kind of dead because there was nothing that I was like feeling passionate about. Like I knew school was going to be done and everyone was talking about college, but I had no idea what the fuck I even wanted to do. Like I, I had no idea what was the next phase of my life because the only thing that I knew was like get good grades, graduate, go to college, you know, become this person. And there was a lot of different things that I thought about doing when I was younger. Like I wanted to be a musician, ugh, a musician. I wanted to be on Broadway. One time I wanted to be a vet tech. Like there was a lot of stuff that I thought I wanted to do, but then when I would express it to people, oh, you'll never make it on Broadway. Oh, you'll never be a singer. Oh, you'll never be this or you'll never be that. And I believed it. So then I just like shot it down and I was like, all right, like that's not me. I, I can't do it. And that's, and that really hurt. Cause you know, it's hard. Like when you think about the people that shot down your dreams first and most of the time it's like the people that you love and care about and this isn't like this isn't me coming on here to like diss these people you know this is just a part of my healing journey and what I've realized is like there was so many people that I was listening to that made a lot of decisions for me like ultimately I made these choices because I followed them but I made a lot of these decisions because I thought that's what other people wanted me to do instead of me doing what I knew I should have done. Because by the time I got to college, I mean, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> Seriously. I was living at my parents still. I went to like a local university and I was like still friends with some of my people from high school and like we would carpool and it was fun. But like the only thing I really cared about was like drinking, smoking, partying. Like I was just trying to like have a good time, escape from the reality that I was in because I was working three jobs. I was going to school full time. I got into school with a scholarship. I graduated high school with a 3.8. I was on honor roll. I had, you know, the accolades and the ribbons and all of those things but it still wasn't enough. Like I remember when I opened my, um, 
college acceptance letter and it said I had a scholarship and I remember like telling my parents or like telling family and it was almost like well duh like of course you got it it wasn't like this like big celebration or like this big excitement no granted it's not like I got into Harvard or anything but like I was like so excited because I was like okay this is exactly what everyone wanted me to do so I did it and then it was just like a okay duh that was what we were supposed to do so would you like a cookie and it like crushed me <laughs> so by the time I like get into college and you know freshman year you're supposed to take all of the like basic core classes or whatever especially if you're undecided which I was and there was a lot of my friends that were undecided so it wasn't like a huge deal but like that first semester I could just I could just tell it just was not for me and it wasn't because like the work was too hard it wasn't like I, it just, I was working so much. I started working with my mom in the medical field when I was like 15 during like the summers. So then when I graduated at 17, they told me I could go full time or no. Yeah. It was after the scene or it was after my, um, summer. So like it was going into college. I was starting to go full time cause I turned 18, probably about like first two months into the semester. So I'm like full time in the medical field and I'm like answering phones and I'm making appointments and I'm like doing prior authorizations. Just like what 18 year old wants to do that? No one. And then I was also working at um, like a trampoline park and which I don't even know if the one I worked at even exists anymore, but like it, it basically was just like a bunch of teenagers watching kids jump on trampolines and like do stuff which it was fun to a certain degree but it was also just like <laughs> it was never enough like I always wanted more money because I had to work like whatever my scholarship didn't cover I had to work for it um you know I grew up like mid lower middle class mid middle class whatever you want to call it I didn't my parents didn't have that like money like that so there was like no college fund. There was no like real big savings or anything or like, oh yeah, you can take a year off. Like it wasn't like that. It was like, if you want to go, you better, you better pay for it and you better get your ass in there. Um, you know, I had family members help me like buy books and help me with my tuition and stuff, which was great. But it was also just like, I didn't want to be there. <laughs> like I really didn't want to be there. And I just, I just, it got to a point where I was like, fuck this. I have to switch it up. I have to do something different. Oh, and I was cleaning. Like I was cleaning houses on the side too. So it was like, I was just so exhausted. I had so much burnt out. I was, you know, this workhorse where I was just going like crazy, crazy, crazy. And then all of a sudden it's like, I, I have to get to this point of like, okay, what do you really want to do? Because all my other friends whether if they were older or younger than me by like a year or two they're like still living at home with their parents and they're having a good time and they're partying and they're going to college and it's easy and like I'm like I hate this I hate what's going on I hate everything about it I don't want to work these jobs so after my first semester of college my aunt told me like oh like there's this broadcasting school and I think you would be really great for it and I was just like, well, you know, like, what is like, what is a broadcasting school? And basically it was like TV and radio. And I, I love to perform and I love to be on stage and I love to be seen and like all these things. So I was like, okay, you know, let me look into it. And then I applied for it and I got in and um, they helped me with my tuition. And it was like a year and a half program and I loved it. And I like fully started to like feel myself like flourishing but then there was always that like people pleaser side of me because it got to a point where I was in my TV class and I really wanted to be like a man on the street, which is like the people that report and, you know, they come up to you and they're like asking you about like stuff that's going on. And it was hard when I heard, you know, you don't really have the look because here I am. I'm this, you know, young mixed race person who has like big curly hair and big boobs and piercings and I only had one tattoo at the time but like basically my teacher was like I mean if that's what you want to do you're gonna have to change your outer appearance and mind you again this is like early like this is like 2013 2014 
So there was a lot of like, you can't look a certain way, especially on TV. And then he was just like, well, maybe like radio will be better for you because, you know, they won't see you this on the third. And when I got into like my radio class and stuff, I liked it. But there was like a part of me that was like, damn, like I really loved TV. Like I really wanted to be on the news and I really wanted to do all these things. But I kept listening to everybody else's bullshit. So I never pursued it. I never like went out for anything. I did do some stuff with like Channel 4 and I did stuff with like um, Dave and Chuck the Freak and nine uh, 955 and just like some local stuff. And I had a really good time. I really did. But then they basically were like, you'll never get a show, <laughs> at least at like primetime spots. And you have to, you know, basically internship where you're not getting paid and like all this other stuff. I wanted to move out. I wanted to be on my own. I wanted to become my own adult because I knew it was time for me to spread my wings and fly. Because I, I was just living. I mean, you're talking from what the age of 12 to 19 I was living life for other people and I I just hated it and I had to I had to switch I had to figure out something so you know that fight flight or freeze I was ready to fly I was ready to get the hell out so I quit the doctor's office and well, I didn't quit the doctor's office first. I graduated from the broadcasting school the week of my birthday. And then I signed my lease where I had my one bedroom apartment. I was by myself and everything. I signed my lease that same week or like the next week. And I moved in like just a few weeks later. And everyone was like, oh my God, you're like living on your own at 19. That's crazy. Because like all my friends were either on college campus or they were living at home like with their parents. So here's, here I am, I'm 19 and I'm just like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to be out. I'm ready to like live my life and I need this freedom and I need to figure out who the fuck I am so that I can, you know, be happy. And then I quit the medical job and I quit the um, trampoline park, like I quit all the jobs and I ended up going into like the sales <laughs> this like sales job, which I mean, was totally a pyramid scheme, but I, I didn't realize it because I was 19. But I was, um, I was selling like random items inside of like Sam's Club and like Costco and Kroger. Like I remember I was selling bamboo pillows by like the cheese at the Kroger. <laughs> but I was having a good time and I had a free trip to the Bahamas. I was out in the Bahamas for a whole week. I was having a good time, but <sighs> it ended and it, it was like a year. No, I was 21 when I was still working there. So it was like close to like two years. Um, and I was, I was having a good time. Okay. I really was. And I, once that ended, I was doing a lot of odds and end jobs because like, I knew I just didn't want to go back to the medical field. So I was working at the cosmetic counter at Macy's as like one of the floats, like helping to do people's makeup and selling products and selling perfumes. And then I was also doing, um, I was working at like a massage place where I was like selling memberships and like working with people and like doing stuff like that. And I ended up like meeting some cool people along the way, like shout out Mia. Um, that's my nail girl, girl tight like that but it's just like you know I had to, I had to like do stuff and of course my parents were like come home and figure it out and don't you know you're you live on your own now and it's gonna be harder if you're working all these jobs and this and the third and I was just like dead set like I don't want to go home I I don't want to be the person that you want me to be I need to figure out who I am and I never truly said that <laughs> but I always was just like, yeah, no, like I'm good and it's fine. And, you know, there was nights where I was eating ramen for like a week on end or, you know, easy Mac for like weeks on end because I really was just like, I don't care. I will, I will do whatever I need to do at the end of the day to stay in the space that makes me feel safe and makes me feel comfortable. And that was my apartment. Like I, that was the only place that I felt safe. And, you know, during this process, like I just realized that, I had to figure out who I really wanted to be without people pleasing and without like doing these certain jobs and like fitting in this structure. But it was really, really hard because that was the only thing I knew. 
And no one else around me was really like expanding their world like that. So not to say that I was the leader, but I had to be the leader. Like I had to figure it out. There was no one that was guiding me. There was no one that was telling me what to do or where to go next and how to, you know, stop being this people pleaser. So, you know, I had a lot of hit and misses on that end and on that front. But I realized that making whatever amount of money never truly made me happy. Like the things that made me happy was, you know, like talking with my friends and giving advice and being there and being like a support and just being, you know, this person that people could rely on, but also feel safe with. And when I say like rely on and feel safe, it was like me putting out into the world what I wish I had when I was younger. And, you know, like I wish when I was like 15, I had someone like me that could, I I could talk to and be real with And somebody could be real with me back instead of being like, you have to get a job, you have to go to college, you have to do these things. Like at that time in the day, that's exactly what everyone was being told. And, you know, and I feel like that's why millennials are so fucking jaded because we're like, we did all the bullshit and yet we still have bullshit. We're not in a successful place and we're not in the place that we want to be. We have all of these issues and these traumas and we're trying to work through these things. But it was just really hard. And somehow, some way, I ended up back into the medical field. And I ended up at this doctor's office. It was, it was like a local family practice. It wasn't anything crazy. And I met some of the greatest people I've ever met in my life. Like, I am still close with them to this day. We, we went through some real traumas at that office, like some real ass PTSD Um, because there was like literally like six of us working with like six doctors, two locations, over 80 patients a day per office. And we were running, we were running that shit. We really were, but it was just so like draining. I remember I had over 120 hours on my paycheck one time and I was like, damn, yeah, like that's a fat ass check. And then I like literally paid bills and I had like maybe three, 400 bucks left. And I was like, what the fuck did I do all that work for if I don't even have like enough to like do something expedition expeditiously even better than what I normally would do on like payday weeks in general, you know, get myself a little iced coffee, get myself some food, you know, maybe go buy a little something, something for myself. Like I didn't really have any extra extra to do. And I just realized like, like this is I'm just being so underpaid and like so overworked but I didn't want to leave because I loved my girls and I loved my I loved my people and I just I realized like okay like (laughs) something's gotta change or else I'm gonna be stuck here for the rest of my life and I'm gonna hate myself I'm gonna hate my life and I was telling myself like I'm going to do this makeup channel and I, you know, but I was so like nervous because I had with my PCOS, I had all these dark spots and I had hair and I was doing all this like makeup and like heavy makeup. I mean, it was like 2017 when I was like thinking about it. So it was just really, really hard. And then I got engaged in like 2018 and then I had my wedding in 2019 And I was just working my ass off because I wanted my destination wedding and I really just wanted to like have this like life that I always imagined. And I was 25 when I got married and I wanted, you know, I got married in Jamaica at the Cayman Islands on a beautiful boat. And I mean, the pictures are just stunning, right? Like it was such a beautiful day, but it was one of the hardest days of my life, um, just emotionally, like I had a lot of stuff going on on the back end with like family and stuff. And it was just so hard because I just really, really, really wanted this like big moment in my life to be just that a big moment for me and not everybody else. And that's where like my people pleasing, I got so caught up in it. And I kept telling myself like, I have to change. I have to figure out something. I have to do something else. Like I was a smoker like I was smoking cigarettes and I was, um, drinking like so much iced coffee 
so much iced coffee. I was eating like shit. Like there was just so much stuff that I just, I knew I had to change. And I just, I didn't know how, or I didn't know what way I needed to go. But, and I, <laughs> I'm getting teary eyed thinking about it because it's like happy tears. It's like a happy moment when I realize the universe is always working in your favor if you let it. And when you're actually like open to change and like real change, right? Not the, not the, <laughs> and you know, I'm calling myself out here, not the change of like your new year's resolution change where <laughs> you say you're going to do whatever and you have this long list of things that you're going to accomplish. And then by the time you're in like mid February, you're like, yeah, fuck that. Like that's not going to happen. Or like maybe you make it to March and whatever. But I just realized like it was time. Like I had to, like something had to change. And then I got married in October of 2019. And then COVID hit of March of 2020. And so it was only like four, four or five months. And it, that's when everything changed. Literally everything changed for me once COVID hit. And I know a lot of people have like these kind of stories as well, but I literally was working at a doctor's office and I ended up getting sick. And so did the girl that I was working up front with. And both of us were like, do we think we have like this COVID thing that everyone's talking about? Cause like, what the fuck? And we ended up like trying to talk to our doctor and the manager and the doctor's wife who also worked there. And basically they just told us all that we were just overreacting and like to come into work. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, and mind you, this is like the first like week or two that like all of this is dropping. So like some people don't believe it. Some people are like, oh, it's a hoax. It's not a real thing. It's just the flu. And then other people are like literally getting sick and dying. So it was very, very hard to like, figure out what we were supposed to do. But then it was like this voice inside of my head that was like, bitch, stand up for yourself and let them know that you're not about to like do this. You're not about to like come in and infect more people because like, God forbid you do have this. And like, what what's to say that something might not happen to you? Like, what if you're one of the people that passes? Like, what if you're one of the people that end up in the hospital? So I started freaking out and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm not coming in like fire me if you want to act whatever way that you want to that you want to but I'm not coming in and neither did the other girl that um I was working with because they ended up testing us and both of us had COVID and they basically were like you know that was when you had your like two-week quarantine and whatever and because I was on that then they like shut down you know the whole world for like two weeks so then I was off for like a month and then they kept me off because they closed down the doors for months. I didn't even end up going back into work until like July. And, you know, I was on unemployment and stuff. But during those times, like those few months, I told myself like, this is the perfect time to change. This is the moment. This is that moment that I've been praying and hoping for for years to like have enough time to work on myself, but also still make money, still afford my bills and like do what I needed to do. So I'm like, fuck yeah, like this is exactly where I need to go. And I was bright eyed and bushy tailed. And I was just like, yes, 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 yes. Like all this stuff is going to work. And I was like, still, I was still planning on working, but then like doing more of like my side hustle deal. Cause I was like, I, you know, I love to be creative. So I, I dropped the makeup thing, but I was doing like logos and branding work and color schemes and like photo shoots and stuff. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to go more and lean into like the branding world. And I developed my website, I developed packages, I, I developed like all of these different things. And I was super, super excited. And then I ended up going back to work. And within like the first like two months, it, it just became like another shit show. It was just like prevalent that it was just, that was not the place that I should be in. And I was trying to figure out an exit plan. But at the time I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do about bills? And like, I have to have at least some type of nine to five. Like, you know, I don't have enough clientele, this, that, and the third. So I was scared. I was nervous. I didn't, I didn't move. I didn't shake. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Let me, let me figure out some shit. And I sat on it and I sat on it 
And then all of a sudden, my manager who worked there, funny enough, she ended up getting fired. And she was doing her own side deal thing. And she was just like, hey, like, I can pay you exactly the amount that they're paying you here, if not more. And you only have to work with me like a few days a week. And I just need your help with like the branding and the marketing and the social media aspect. And I was like, oh my God, like, okay, yeah. Like that's exactly what I wanted to do. And that's exactly where I wanted to be. So I was just like, let's do this shit. And I remember when I put in my two weeks and the doctor's office was just like, so where are you going and what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing my own thing and I'm, I'm risking it and I'm, I'm stepping out on my own and I'm doing my own thing because I didn't want them to know that I was working with the manager that they just fired. But at the end of the day, I was just like, oh my God, like this is exactly what I needed. And I'm not even going to lie. Like we had such a great time. She took me and my best friend on multiple trips. She took me on multiple trips. We went out of the country. We were making hella cash. I mean, she was making, she made over 300K that year. Like we really knocked some shit out. But there was so much stuff stuff that was happening in her life personally and then that translated into stuff that was happening in my life and I was chain smoking and I was drinking constantly and I was I was still like somewhat unhappy because like though I'm I'm starting this journey of like entrepreneurship and everything I still wasn't doing exactly what I loved where I was super passionate I kept doing things that I was like okay I have to I have to make money like that was always the bottom line it's like I have to produce whatever I have to produce so I can make money and that's when I ended up getting um, a business coach in December of 2020 which was Elise and she like basically looked at all my shit and she was like, this is trash and this is disgusting. And if you know Elise, that was her nice way of putting it. Um, but I was like, like, what do you mean? Like, I, I have no idea. And she was just like, I just feel like none of this is you. Like, none of this is like you. Like from the font work, from the visuals, from like the stuff that I was putting out and like the actual like, work that were inside of my packages she was like she was the first person to ask me like is this actually what you want to do or is like does this bring you passion like are you confident to do these things and like that was the first time I ever had somebody like actually ask me what I wanted to do and not tell me what I should do and it really blew my mind because you know she was this she is this beautiful black woman who stands so confident and so strong Um, you know, I always tell her she has Kanye energy because she's like, she exudes and drips this confidence of just like pure, I don't give a fuck. And I've never had that. Like I never had somebody in my life, especially a woman and a black woman on top of it, just be so expeditiously herself and like so bold and so brave. And I know she's probably going to laugh when she hears this part, but like, she truly made me see I didn't have to be what these people were telling me I had to be. She gave me the <laughs> the permission, or I should say she opened the door. She opened the door for me to really become, <laughs> become the breed that I am today. Because there were so many other people in my life that wanted me to stay inside of this box and not shine and not be bold and not be bright. And I kept believing them. And then finally, when it got to (laughs) Elise and we started working together and she like literally changed everything, like everything in my business from the back end to the front end, what it looked like visually, my website, like she just, she's so smart and she's so talented and everything that started happening, I was like, holy shit, like, life started changing. I started getting actual clients and I was, I was nervous when I got my clients. Cause I'm like, Oh God, like, you know, I got to put my money where my mouth is. Like, do I actually, am I actually talented enough? Do I actually know what I'm talking about to get to this point? And I did, I was getting, you know, great reviews. And even still to this day, like I still talk to some of my clients that I was working with, you know, almost four years ago. And it's crazy. It's so crazy to think about how, certain choices change your life 
And it finally, I got to the summer of 2021 and we were working together for like six months and she just changed my life so much that I finally felt fully confident to like fully step into my own power and start changing the shit that I know I needed to change. I knew I needed to figure out my PCOS because I was sick and tired of being on meds and doing all of that horse shit. And then, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to like be with my life, where I wanted to go next and how I wanted to get there and trying to get a house and my car and just all of these things. But I also wanted to like heal myself. I knew I had so much trauma that was like weighing me down and made me feel so sad and made me feel so lost that instead of me, you know, bullshitting at the beginning of the year, it was already summertime. And I told myself, okay, this is the time where I have to change. And this is, this is the moment where I have to realize, okay, whatever I'm going to do, I have to stick to this. And however I do it, I have to be consistent. And that's when life really started changing once I figured out that part of my journey. But this concludes part one um, because it's already been like an hour. So I I don't want to keep you all any longer, but this is just part one of my three part series about my journey of becoming, you know, this bold Brie that you see today. And over these next few weeks, these episodes, especially next week, is about my healing process and what I went through um, and how I like started healing myself on my own because not only did I heal myself physically, but it was also mentally and motion and emotionally as well. Um, and I just, I really feel like people can resonate and relate to the things I was talking about, not only in this episode, but my other few episodes that are coming out next, because this podcast isn't just some money grab for me. This podcast isn't just some another show with a girl with a mic. <clears throat> Confirmation burp. <laughs> um, this show is, this show is my love letter to my soul family, to my people that relate to me, that see me. If I resonated with you at all in this episode, you're part of my soul family. You're, you're part of the people I know I'm supposed to be saying and doing these things for and to because there's been so much of my life that I have wasted trying to be a people pleaser and please other people and I ended up hating my life just to make their life look better or feel better. And if you resonate with that at all, this is your safe space. This is your home. This is the place where we can connect and we can be in alignment together to move and help each other get to the levels that we're trying to get to. It's not a race here. It's not a competition here. I am like so a big supporter of women and just people in general, like living authentically and being bold as fuck that like whatever that looks like for you, I would be that place where you can come to and be like, oh my God, Brie, I have 10 subscribers. And I'm like, fuck yes, bitch, you did it. Hell yes, love that for you. It doesn't have to be this like big monumental thing because I realized that the harder that you work to get to these big moments and then when you finally get there and you get so disappointed at the end of the day because these people aren't giving you the kind of reaction that you're hoping and praying for, fuck that. Give your own reaction. Celebrate yourself. Pop champagne. Pop a bottle of Sprite. I don't care. Whatever, whatever makes you feel dope. Whatever makes you feel bold, whatever makes you feel good. Because as you know, I am pregnant. And over these next few weeks, I am going to be talking about my journeys, but I'm also going to be interviewing people and talking about their journey and how they became bold. And just, we're going to be having fun. We're going to just be living life. And it's not always going to be doom and gloom. I know this episode was full of a lot of like, but it's because this is this is a part of my journey and I had to share so that everyone that is a part of this journey can realize where I've come from and how far I've come because even for myself when I was writing my bullet points for this I'm like oh my god like I can't believe I've been through all of this shit and it's only been x amount of years like it's crazy to think about but if you're for the journey if you're for this bold as fuck movement 
join me on YouTube, you know, subscribe, like, comment. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple. I'm on all of the main platforms. I'm on all the main places. This is where you're going to see, obviously, on YouTube, the full clips if you're trying to watch video. And then, of course, all the audio is going to be on Spotify and Apple. Um, every Friday at 10, 10 a.m., an episode will drop. And, you know, over the next few weeks, it's going to be these, you know, next few parts because I have three parts. But after that, we're going to jump right into um, interviews and having fun and just doing some kick-ass stuff. So like, subscribe, comment, follow me on all platforms, Be Bold AF Podcast, and if you have questions, comments, concerns, thoughts of any kind, shoot me an email, leave me a DM, message me, whatever. I'm here for you, just like you're here for me. And I love you, babe. Bye.